Welcome to the Open to Hope Show in partnership with the Compassionate Friends. I'm your host, Dr. Heidi Horsley, and I'm here today with my mom and co-host, Dr. Gloria Horsley. Hi, Mom. Hi, Heidi. Uh, we've got a wonderful guest today that I met at the Compassionate Friends, and uh, uh, great. She is a bereaved parent and one who's been very supportive and written a wonderful, wonderful book for bereaved parents. So I want to introduce our guest, Heidi. Okay, I'd love to. Our guest today is Charlene Cole. Charlene Cole is no stranger to loss. Her only child, Joe, was killed over 30 years ago, and in 1998, her husband died by suicide. Charlene has a master's degree in counseling psychology and is the author of the book, How Long Will the Pain Last? Every Bereaved Parent Wants to Know. Welcome to the show, Charlene. Thank you. Thank you, Hattie. Charlene's got that wonderful southern accent, right, Heidi? She does. I was just telling her I love it. I spent three years in New Orleans, and I love it. And I know Charlene said she's from Texas. Mm-hmm. Yes, I am. A little bitty town, population 320. Oh, my goodness. Have you always lived there? <laughs> well, except when I was in school or I worked in Dallas for several years. So. Uh-huh. What's the name of the town? Blackwell. I think 320 people live in my building in New York, seriously. <laughs> I, I love that idea of knowing everybody and having that community. <laughs> so your son was killed 30 years ago, and I know he was run over, and you really don't know a lot about the circumstances. That must have been really horrendous for you. It has been. Um, not only is my town small, but our county is small, and... They really, they did not do any kind of a police investigation, and I was really too crushed at the time. Just, I was just wiped out, and I really could not pursue legal matters. I, I didn't feel like I could and, and stand it. Mm-hmm. So I'll probably just never really know. And at this point, a couple of years ago, someone tried to get me um, to, you know, to do some things, and it upset me so much. I decided maybe it's better if I just. Leave it alone. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, he was your only child? Yes, he was. Yeah, so you were a parent with no living children. Right, that's true. Mm-hmm. That's true. Mm-hmm. And no grandchildren, of course. Right. Well, I was telling my mom, we were talking about this the other day. It's, it is interesting, Charlene, that you said that, no grandchildren, because... Like you said, it, it, when you have one child and that your only child dies, it really does change so many things in your future because you, you don't experience, you know, having grandchildren, like you said, and, and going to weddings and all those things. That's true, yes. And, I mean, there's just so many issues that are involved. Uh, you know, the things that I had thought, oh, Someday this will be Joe's. Someday, you know, mm-hmm. or this will, I'll give this to my first granddaughter. Uh, and now, you know, it, it's it changes a lot of things. Mm-hmm. And and how have you coped with that mm-hmm. over the years? How did how did you deal with it? And how have you found have you found joy in your life? And I think you have because your book um, yes. really tells yes. people how to find joy. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm not sure that it. Uh, I think we all have to probably find happiness through our own journey and our own way, but I do tell uh, some of the some of the things that helped me. But the things, oddly, they were little things that just happened. Uh, I, uh, I really didn't know, you know, at that time if I could ever be happy again, and then I went to a Compassionate Friends conference, 
and Darcy Sims, a mm-hmm. uh, beloved speaker who's now deceased, she led, uh, a, well, no, she gave her, she was a speaker. And I remember her saying, I don't want to just survive, I want to live. Mm-hmm. And I thought, yes. But then I thought, how do I do that? Mm-hmm. But I grabbed onto that little parcel of hope and I actually brought it home. And then a little later, a couple of weeks later, not long, I, uh, the newsletter came out. And there was a little poem in there that has since that time meant so much to me. And it was basically just for today. I will be happy just for today. I will look for and find a new beauty to gladden my heart as in my long ago, just for today. And I realized then that I might not be happy for a whole day or a whole hour or a whole minute at that point, but surely I could grasp seconds of joy. And I did. Uh, The first thing that happened, or the only thing that really brings to mind, is I was at the kitchen window washing dishes, and a beautiful cardinal landed on my windowsill, and I really could have touched its scarlet feathers had there not been for the glass. And I felt such exhilaration, such a feeling of joy for just maybe two seconds. But after that, I thought, okay, that's a start. And, of course, the seconds did turn into minutes, into hours, and into days. Now, that doesn't mean that every day I don't think about Joe, but now it's more with um, I feel blessed that he was in my life. Well, I know you have a little quote from the prophet, Cahill Gibran, and I love that little quote. Do you know the one I'm talking about? Um, The deeper that the sorrow Yeah, the deeper that sorrow carves into our being, the more joy we can contain. And I really think that's true because the little things in my life that I had taken for granted, maybe it was just a sunrise or a sunset or like that cardinal, I don't think I would have really noticed it that much or I would have just taken them for granted. And after we experience this dark darkness, the depth, then the sunlight is so much brighter and so, you know, it just everything is so much more joyful, I think. And so really there are gifts that come from our grief process. So, so Charlene, I want to ask you, um, since you took this journey and found hope after the death of Joe, did that help you when your your husband died by suicide? Yes, uh, I did, but I was totally shocked mm-hmm. because with Joe's death, I thought I've been through the worst thing that can ever happen to me, uh, so anything's downhill from now. And I was I was really shocked that Gene's suicide uh, threw me for such a loop. And it was a totally different grief. With Joe, like I said, I felt kind of destroyed. Or uh, This morning I was thinking, I, I felt like one of these big black beetles, you know, that somebody steps on them and you hear them crunch. I, I felt kind of crushed. Mm-hmm. But with Gene, um, my husband, I felt anger, just mm-hmm. tremendous anger, and had anxiety. Um, you know, I know this sounds silly to people that live in cities, but I went to Dallas, I go to Dallas quite a bit, and the first time I started, well, I'd been over those multi-level bridges many times, but 
after Jean's death, I started up it, and I had a panic attack. I just didn't feel like I could go up that bridge and live. Luckily, I could get off of it, you know. And it took me some time to get over that. But like I said, with Joe's death, I was wiped out on the sofa. With Jean's death, I was, I was, my sister-in-law would call and say, do you need to walk? And I'd say, oh, yes. And we would walk for two or three hours. Uh, well, and I think the I think the anxiety piece is something that I hear over and over and over again from people that are grieving. They get they yeah. people that have never been anxious or had panic attacks. They have that, and I think that is definitely part of the grief process. Oftentimes, um, something so out of control happened, and and in your life. Um, right. And so, I wondered, how sorry, did your husband take his life? Um, he shot himself. Oh. He it was not. I should have been somewhat, you know, prepared. Uh, he had, he was an alcoholic. Uh, during he had been an alcoholic, and he stopped drinking. He'd been to a treatment center after Joe's death, and he remained clean and sober, as they say, for about seven years. And then when he started back uh, for treatment center after treatment center after treatment center, uh, he could not stop, and it was just. I think he felt hopeless, mm-hmm. helpless and hopeless to help himself. Mm-hmm. Wow. And he uh, had threatened, but I just never... And, and do you think that Joe's him. Joe's death took a, a serious toll on him? Yes, I do. Yeah, that's... Gene a, yeah. was his stepfather, mm. and um, I think it definitely did, yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So... Um, I wondered, uh, you're going to be presenting at the Compassionate Friends, and you uh, were saying that you were going to present something on anger, you thought? Is that correct? Uh, No, depression. Depression. Oh, depression. Okay, Uh, let's talk about that a little bit, because I know in your book um, you do, you have wonderful vignettes in there, and I I would say to people, you just cover a lot of territory and with really uh, nice um, vignettes, and you do talk about depression in there, and one thing that you talk about is feeling suicidal. Can you comment on that a little bit since we've been talking about um, suicide? Because I know... um, People sometimes, well, I know I wanted, felt like I wanted to join Scott, mm-hmm. you know, my, yes. when my son was yes. killed. But um, I wasn't going to do anything, but I wanted to join him. You know, I had that thought, <sighs> I wish I could. I think that's a good point, Mom, because I hear a lot of brief parents and siblings saying that. Yes, I, I definitely think. And most of us are afraid. That was one thing I wanted to put in this book, because I think most of us are afraid to say that. Mm-hmm. You know, we may think that. Um, I can remember praying, <clears throat> Lord, I can't take my life, but if you just kind of hurry it up a little bit, it's okay with me. You know? mm-hmm. yep. <laughs> I know that sounds kind of silly. But, um, and I've talked to so many. Um, I did counsel for hospice just for a little bit, and I counseled um, other people besides hospice patients. And... You know, I remember one one suicidal boy that, uh, and it just, um, you know, it is it is a sad thing. But hopefully, he didn't commit suicide. I don't think he did. Mm-hmm. But I think it is something that all of us we just want to be with our. It's not that we want to die. Mm-hmm. We just want to be with our child. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But well, at the same time, we want to go on living so we can honor his memory. Right. And do things in his memory, in his honor. 
I love that. And you became a counselor after uh, your son died, right? Yes, I did. My first degree actually was in interior design, which was totally opposite of counseling. Right. But after Joe's death, uh, it was several years. Uh, like I said, I joined the Compassionate Friends, and um, you know how you become, to start off with, they help you. Everything later, you feel that you help them some. And I really enjoyed this feeling of being able to help them. And I had had such a difficult time myself that I thought, and I had gone to two counselors that really didn't help me because they didn't understand grief. And I thought I would like to be able to help people that are grieving. And Mm -hmm. so that is the reason I went back to school. And then for my thesis, um, I did do it on, I did research on bereaved parents, actually, how our how do our values change or if our values change? And the other one's, uh, other one was, question was, um, do mothers and fathers grieve differently? If so, how? What, what I want to bring up for our audience from what you're talking about now is you can go on. I mean, here she's gone on to even become a, a counselor. So, um, you know, you know, you may feel desperate right now, but I love your idea of, of one day at a time doing it, one day at a time, one minute at a time, right, Heidi? Absolutely. I feel like, Mom, like you said, Charlene's reinvented herself, and her she's transformed her grief and her loss over time. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And then I, I think it's also important, Charlene, that you're talking about uh, how the different griefs, uh, how grieving a spouse can be different than grieving a child. And you're surprised at what at your response to your husband's death. Mm-hmm. I was so surprised. In the first place, I was surprised that it hit me so hard uh, because I just, like I said, I thought, well, I've been through the worst thing that can happen. And so this can't be all that bad, you know. <laughs> but it was. I mean, it was, no. It was not nearly as bad as, as the grief for my son. Um, I'm not saying that at all. But it, it was, it sent me for a loop. And I'm wondering if when Jean died, if it brought back feelings and thoughts of Joe's death also. Definitely. You, yes. Oh, definitely. I re-grieved Joe all mm-hmm. over again. And what was interesting, Charlene was saying, was you saying, you know, I needed to get out and walk, mm-hmm. and I wanted to get out and walk. And I think that walking, we found, is really, really important. And there's research that has been done that's showing that walking 20 minutes a day, what cuts your risk of stroke in half. I mean, if you can just get out and walk every day, it does shift your energy. Mm-hmm. And just yeah. moving your body like that. And your sister-in-law, what a treasure. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. She was, and, and she was here for me. But she and my brother were here for me every step of the way. So I really Literally. appreciate Literally. I love it. Yes. Mm-hmm. yes. Every step, correct, mm-hmm. yes. Well, tell us uh, where people can get your book. You can get my book on Amazon. Listen, thank you so much for being on the show today, and I'm looking forward to uh, seeing you again. I'm looking forward to seeing you, too, and I appreciate uh, the opportunity to talk with you. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, Charlene, and thank you for showing us that uh, our pain will not last forever and being an inspiration. I love that Gabron piece she had uh, that she put in her book about the fact that the more sorrow we feel, the bigger space we have for joy, which, you know, I know a lot of people 
listening are certainly not identifying that now, but just holding it as a possibility. I love that too, Mom, because we can't experience great joy unless we can experience great sadness. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a continuum. It's like the yin and the yang. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, thanks for listening to our show today. And uh, Heidi and I always want to remind you that if you've lost hope, please lean on ours until you find your own. And God bless. You've been listening to Open to Hope Radio, hosted by Drs. Gloria and Heidi Horsley. Like today's edition, all of our past programs are available on demand at opentohope.com, along with helpful articles, videos, resources, and links to help get you through the toughest time of your life. You can also follow us on Facebook and Twitter and sign up for our monthly newsletter. Again, that's opentohope.com. Check it out today. Then be sure to stop by next Thursday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time when we'll be posting another edition of Open to Hope Radio. Remember, others have been where you are. They made it through, and you can too, as long as you're open to hope.